Welcome back to the show. It's going to be a fun Friday. Glad to have you here. Yeah, no, thanks for having me back. I, I think it is going to be a fun Friday. Uh, beautiful weather, at least on the East Coast, which is nice. But boy, hey, send it over here to Chicago. The- it's rainy and storming this morning. Uh, Tim, so the biggest thing we're talking about here is the fact that this yield curve just got totally flattened. Steamroller yeah. rolling over the long bond relative to the short end spike. What does that mean for investors? Oh, gosh, I, I think it all ties back to the Fed and, and the somewhat surprising pivot by by Chairman Powell and, and, and the entire FOMC. And, and I think the market's trying to price in um, um, sort of where inflation goes near term and then more importantly, where monetary policy goes. And maybe it's not 2023, maybe it's it's 2022, which some folks have talked about, some members of of the FOMC, some some Fed governors. So so I think what it means is the market's really trying to get its head around where are we and more importantly, where are we going? And I don't think the market knows just yet. You know, your prior guest was talking about gold, uh, the dollar. There, some of those have really come off the boil and the dollar's gotten a massive move higher. And, and so I, I don't think the market has got this figured out yet. The market knows we're in the middle of some sort of regime shift, but we just don't know how quick how far, what it's going to mean for yields, and importantly, I think what it's going to mean for, for the dollar. I think it's going to take a couple months uh, to, to to sort all this out, and and it, we just, I just don't think we know um, sort of how pronounced the shift's going to be, at least not yet. I think that's very well said. That's kind of the same tone that we've been taking here on the show. That it's clearly something's uh, dropped into the uh, you know, uh, or the wrench has kind of been thrown into this mix that is unclear what it's going to do but with gold getting crushed bonds moving the way they have and the dollar in particular something's amiss here right and within all that investors had this kind of typical knee-jerk reaction just buy the heck out of big tech yesterday do you think that fits in i i think if you think that 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 um you know the fed's got its hands around this the spike in inflation that it is transitory um that that does make sense, right? I mean, you know, one of the things we've talked about before is the last 10 or 12 years were marked by low rates, um, right? Low bond yields and, and, and modest GDP growth, right? One and a half to two percent. And you've seen this massive spike. The economy is going to grow seven percent this year. If the Fed is right, you've seen the, uh, the, the CPI. I think it was a CPI at five percent. But if we're already starting looking past that, what does the world look like on the other side? And I have a hard time thinking that it doesn't look all that different from what it looked like before this awful pandemic shut down the economy and then we were able to reopen the economy and everything snapped back. And if that's the paradigm, then it's low yields, low inflation, and and that's the environment that favors growth stocks, including those big uh, tech names that did so well for most of last year and then just took it on the chin when people started to price in this sort of, you know, greater rate of economic growth, not just domestically, globally, for a long period of time. And and you wonder if maybe we're already pricing in the, the sort of working through that, if that if that makes sense. I think it does, uh, Tim. So in this kind of period here where we're dealing with a little bit more of a hawkish Fed than folks thought we'd get at this point, 
what's the move? Is it just to kind of stand by course in one's investments? Let's say a popular strategy, kind of like a barbell uh, approach, yeah. or uh, has been one of the more common ways to invest right now, having a foot into the value stuff, but at least from what I hear from a lot of guests is still kind of skewing it more towards the reliable tech and, and growth themes. Um, how does one handle this moment? Do you wait to see if charts are broken and if uh, themes are invalidated, or do you uh, move to a place like cash and think about opportunities that might present themselves if we're going to have a big volatile period? What's that yeah. kind of intermediate term process? Yeah, I, th I think your your the former comments were, were would line up with with our thinking, which is broad broadly diversified. You know, sort of we we've got a neutral point of view, growth versus value. And we've had that for a while, even with the strong relative performance of value the back half of last year, because we just weren't sure if a regime change was upon us. And we're still not. And if you look the last three months, the Russell 3000 growth has trounced, you know, on a relative basis, the Russell 3000 value. So we're big believers, particularly right now, in broad, broadly diversified portfolios were neutral us xus at orion were neutral growth value we expect greater volatility because you've seen that before when the fed starts to move the markets tend to get volatile uh, uh risk assets tend to sell off so we think broad diversification uh, particularly now makes a ton of sense and being pretty conservatively positioned within fixed income makes sense because i know the 10-year yield has been bouncing all over the place the last couple of days but we we still think you know that's probably biased higher as opposed to lower. Um, so 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 I think broadly diversified portfolios right now until we get a better sense of you know was that it for this sort of value versus growth trade or you know can can we really get through this and see persistently higher growth? And again, we just don't think we know yet, and that that's how we're approaching it for the time being. Mm. Uh, Tim. What does this uh, mean in terms of thinking about market catalysts and uh, where the events are that could shake things up? If, for an example, right, the last year, it was basically every time we get an update on the, on the virus or uh, yeah. something related to COVID always was uh, took priority over a piece of data. Yeah. I mean, we were getting horrible jobless claims, but the market was going up as we were getting stimulus. And that was another regime or any news regarding stimulus was the event uh, catalyst. What is it now? I mean, are we just now watching PCE uh, on every reading, every inflation reading? Is it now just very isolated to those types of data points? I, I think it, it, it's kind of back to, which is a good thing considering the pandemic, kind of how awful it was. I think it's back to sort of good old economic fundamentals and, and those kind of data points, PCE, CPI, PPI, workforce participation, Right, that mismatch between jolts, the job opening, labor turnover survey, and and sort of you know the the, the count at the Bureau of Labor Statistics, number of Americans unemployed looking for work, but you know obviously firms can't can't hire. So I I think it really is about inflation and and the labor force and the ability to pull back uh, those Americans that are still on the sidelines. I think the ending of enhanced unemployment benefits either at the state level which is going on state by state right now at least a number of states have decided to opt out and i think the program ends at the federal level in september i think that's a big deal because for this recovery to to not just become self-sustaining but self-sustaining at a somewhat higher level you need the productivity gains to stick but you need to pull more people back so if i would pay attention to one thing it would be that jolts number it'd be labor force participation 
because uh, if you don't get that, then I think you are, you know, back to um, sort of the issue of inflation. Are you looking at persist persistently higher wages? Does that bleed into broader inflation? So I, I think you focus on inflation and you also focus on labor force participation. Hopefully those people will come back, come can come back. And I think you focus on D.C. and, and the debate around fiscal policy, particularly taxes. You know, at a high level, you know, the economy is doing really well. Monetary policy is still supportive. Fiscal policy is still supportive. But both of those policies are starting to shift incrementally the other way. And mm. so you need the economy really to have that oomph because the policy support, while still meaningful, is not as great as it was and, and will be even less supportive over, over time. So inflation, mm. labor force participation in D.C. are the three things we'd be paying attention to. Tim, really like those points. Uh, before we let you go, you only got about a minute until uh, the bell, but one of the things I see from your notes right now is about small caps that uh, maybe yeah. as far as kind of the market cap regime, this still could be a, a place to hang out for a little bit. Yeah, we think so, especially if the economy does continue to find its foot in the recovery broadens out. Um, you know, those kinds of companies, as you know, Tend to tend to need that sort of economic tailwind. Uh, they've got smaller balance sheets. They're, they're more dependent on, on on ongoing sources of capital, either from the banks or from capital markets. So, yeah, no, we we like that. Um, we like that overweight to small cap um, uh, here at home, and and think those companies should continue to get a bid as we go into the back half of the year.